Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Good evening, Steeler fans. Welcome to another Wednesday night here on the Steel Curtain Network. On Wednesday nights, it's always time for the Curtain Call. I'm Jeffrey Benedict here with me, as always, Shannon White. Shannon, you ready to talk some football tonight? Oh, I am. I was, Kathy said hi to us, so I was waving at her when we started there. So, but I'm ready. Well, it was on the audio version. Yes. Shannon yes. was waving. <laughs> I forget about that. All right, so today, today, uh, Shannon and I get to have a little fun. You can have fun in the chat. You can tell us where we're wrong. Uh, tell us where you agree with us. Tell us when I'm dumb and Shannon's right. Uh, don't don't tell him when I'm right and Shannon's wrong. He doesn't like that. <laughs> we don't want to do that. Um, but we are, Shannon and I, tonight, are turning the Steelers into – Putting them back on the path, I should say. They're not. We're going to put them on the path to be Super Bowl contenders. Maybe not this year, but we're putting them back. We're going to at least get a playoff win this year, and the next year, next year, I'm pretty certain my team's winning the Super Bowl if the Steelers follow my plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're going to we're going to give our thoughts, our opinions. Uh, feel free to chime in. We're going to have some fun with this tonight. And to Shannon, to get started, to get started. Uh, Les, I want to say, how how far do you think the Steelers are from being a playoff contender? How far off are they? I think if they have a really strong offseason, it, it could be quicker than we, you know, I, mean, I can see them competing for a wild card spot at least next year with a strong offseason. Yeah, I, I, I've already I've already gone on record saying I think the Steelers make the, the playoffs this mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. Uh, unless, like, the offseason just really goes bad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like, there are ways. There are ways this falls apart. But I think the Steelers are a playoff team uh, next year. I don't think they're a winning playoff team. I don't think they're, mm-hmm. you know, driving here and upsetting play teams and going to the AFC Championship. I don't think they're going 12-4 and 13-3 and three next year. But I think they make the playoffs. 
but to do that, to do that, we got to make some moves. And one of the first things the Steelers are going to have to do is clear up some salary cap space. Uh, now I know there's not going to be a lot of disagreement between us here. Uh, so I'll start. I, I think some obvious moves are some of the more obvious moves are like cutting uh, William Jackson, the third, like uh, Miles Jack, either cutting him or reworking him to get a lower cap hit. I'm keeping Miles Jack for my team. Uh, I don't want to get rid of all my inside linebackers. He's the only side linebacker I'm keeping. Uh, so I've got I've got to keep uh, I've got to drop his cap hit. So maybe giving him an extra year if I have to. Uh, maybe some dead year, something like that. But uh, I, I, I'm giving I'm giving Miles Jack, keeping him going. Are, are you? And I'm and I'm going to trade Mitch Trubisky. I'm not saying how I'm trading him for. If it's a if it's a bag of tennis balls, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm getting that contract out the door, and yeah. hopefully not having to cut him. Uh, if I can get a seventh round pick for Mitch Trubisky, I'll take it. If I can get a sixth, that's even better. Uh, Shannon, anyone you're cutting? Oh, I agree with everything you said. Which you know we do agree a lot. Yeah, we but do. Where where we differ is. Jack's, you know, it would cost you save eight million. Yeah. To me, there's not that big a difference between him and Spillane. And Spillane, you're probably going to be able to get, you know, give him a two year deal, say four mil to- total, and I think he'll take it. Uh, I don't think there's that low. Yeah, I, I think that three I tops four million a year. I say three million a year tops. Okay. Would, would would get Spillane. Uh, I did not get to read your article today about should they offer him a contract. I think they should. I'm looking forward to reading your article, but I I do want Splane back. I would cut Jacks, take that eight million, and put it towards one of these stud free agent inside linebackers that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would Please. run with that guy, have Splane, have um, Robertson, and then draft you know a guy. And I'm happy. I think they'd be set at the inside linebacker. Uh, well, but I would prefer to keep Spillane. I would I would prefer to keep Spillane over Jacks. Okay, so you're you're cutting you're cutting Jack. Yes. And re-signing Spillane. Yes. I am reworking Miles Jack. I, I haven't got to Spillane yet. Uh, well, how low do you think you can get him down to? Miles Jack. Yeah. Probably four million this year. I would consider four. If I, can get, if I can get him four or five million cap hit, I'm keeping him. I think he was a much better uh, run defender. Like he's your guy in that mold. If you want another Vince Williams type, yeah. Jack's like your Jack can be that guy now. He can still be that guy. His athleticism's not there anymore, mm-hmm. uh, but he can still bang in the box. And so I'll take him. But if uh, you could get him at four, but I don't think you'll get him at four. I don't think you'll take it. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I, I think they actually would have to cut him. I th- then, after the season he just had, I think we could. Well, I don't know. then we'll you have, uh, uh, you know, of course, Jackson, same deal. I would cut Jackson, but I would try to sign him back for a one-year prove-it deal. Again, three or four million because, you know, he's been injured. He might fit as, a, you know, a press corner, and the Steelers don't have that. So I would try to bring him back in. You know, you could probably, if you could rework Jax and him and get him back for what he costs just to keep Jax this year on what he's getting paid. And I'm like you, I think Trubisky, if somebody wants him, 
for let's say a third rounder this year in the draft, That'd be crazy. you got to take it. You have this, to this draft. You have to. I want as many picks in the top 100 as they can get. Yeah. Because if you look at this draft class, there's nobody that's going to blow you away in the first round. Very few. But then it's really strong through day two. And then after the fourth round, it starts to drop off again. So I want a bunch of picks in them first three rounds. All right. I, I, I think if they if anyone offers you a third or a fourth round pick for Mitch Trubisky, I think the hardest thing about that decision is not laughing in their face while you sign the paperwork. <laughs> like being like, no, I'm signing. I'm very serious. Oh, yes, it's a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy on Twitter. I ain't going to say his name. There's a guy on Twitter. I ain't going to say his name. But he needs to be Mitch Trubisky's agent. Because <laughs> if you listen to him, I mean, he, it's like you got, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes and Allen and, and then Trubisky. Step. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's right there. You know, he's like, mm, he's almost there. And, he's uh, 1D. He's one quarterback 1D in the NFL. He's right there. But think about it. If they're going to, if the Giants are thinking about paying Jones, Forty-five million. Forty-five million. Yeah, if they're thinking about doing that, you might as well trade a third rounder for Trubisky and save yourself a whole lot of money because it ain't a big difference. <laughs> oh, you're gonna kill me! <laughs> All right. Okay, so Mitch is gone. If you can't, Mitch is gone. We're trading him for what we can get. William Jackson the third cut, whether we bring him back or not. I'm restructuring that. I I would restructure Cameron Hayward. He's he's I think he's at 16 million this year uh to get more money freed up. He's the guy I would because frankly, uh I'd restructure Cameron Hayward any year I could because frankly, I, I want him to retire here. Yeah. And if you gotta take some dead cap years after that, whatever, do it. Uh Cameron Hayward is a lifetime stealer. Yes. Uh, if he if he plays for anyone else in any other uniform, I will be incredibly angry. Uh same here. The other candidate for restructuring is T.J. Watt, but I want to come right out and say this. The only way I restructure T.J. Watt is to make is if I need room and I can lock up Highsmith long-term. Yeah. That is the exact situation where I say, okay, we'll take some from yep. T.J. Watt. We'll, we'll do that, push some of that back to get Highsmith signed now. Yep. Uh, but I, I don't think you'd even have to do that. But that is the only way I would do that. I want to stay away from restructuring T.J. Watt's contract this year. That that really messes you up. That makes it a lot harder to restructure him later. Uh, I don't want to mess that up. But that's that's my cuts. I'm not cutting a lot of people. And if we if you cut, um, see, I agree totally with what because we've talked about it. I worry yeah. about his long term health, and so if you start extending him, then you're getting to what if he has, you know, he has the same problem JJ had. So I don't want to do that either, unless it's a have to. I'd much rather do Cam, yep. but. If you move away from Mitch, you know, everybody's like, well, what are you going to do? You know, there's your, your backup. But, you you know, what a guy – think of uh, Cooper Rush. Mm-hmm. I mean, he won some games in Dallas, you know, being a good backup quality. You know, he knows he's a backup. Mm-hmm. He, he was prepared to come in. He played good for them. Um, you know, that's what you need, number two. And yep. you're going to get him a lot cheaper than what you're per- currently paying Trubisky. Yep. Well, let's move on. Let's move on to people we're signing here because we're talking about a quarterback here. Uh, and I'll say that too. Quarterbacks, you're you're looking for a guy who is a willing and able clipboard holder. Yep. Who is going to have some mobility? 
That's what you want. I, in fact, I want a guy flat out behind Kenny Pickett who can run. I want a guy who can gain yards with his legs because if Kenny Pickett's out for a while, wh- why not? Like I, I always like a quarterback who can run as your backup because it doesn't have to be viable all year. One of the problems with running quarterbacks is they get hurt. It doesn't last for long, right? You can't do mm-hmm. that for a whole season. Uh, we see that with Lamar Jackson. Eventually, you're going to get dinged up. Well, if you're a backup, you only need to play two or three games. Fine, run, do what you can. Like, do whatever you want. Like, it doesn't matter. You're not getting hit. Uh, you're not getting hit all those times all, all season. You can get hit in a few games. Uh, that's that's what I do for quarterback. I would sign a guy like a Cooper Rush. Uh, you brought up Gardner Minshew. I think there's a lot of guys in the NFL who can be a quality backup on this team for a lot less than Mitch Trubisky. You know, like you were talking about, I, I like having a quarterback that has mobility that can extend the play. I don't really need a running quarterback. I care more about can he read? Can he decipher? Is he accurate? Yeah. Can he throw the football? Mm-hmm. That's what I care about the most. Now, if he has the mobility to extend plays, that's great because that's what Pickett is. He's yeah. not a you know a guy that's going to have 80-yard rushing games, but he can extend plays and he can rush when the opportunity is there. The guys you mentioned, all of them have that kind of mobility. To, you know, maybe not yeah. quite as good as him. Yeah. Shit, you know, Mitchell, they 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 are not sitting ducks back there. You know, it's not a Brady being, you know, at the end of their career type situation. But yeah, I'm, I agree totally. And but I want a guy who's going to have some uh veteran experience to help pick it. Who's not going to be a threat to Pickett? You don't want every time Pickett, if he has a bad game, for the crowd to be wanting the backup to come in, and that's what yeah. happens if you ain't careful. Because everybody mm-hmm. loves the backup quarterback until he's in there, and then they don't want him. Yep. You know that's why that's, that's why my guy, my perfect quarterback signing this offseason is a low tier signing, not going to cost you a bunch of money. He's a guy that we already know he's a great at holding the clipboard. He had a, he was a valuable guy for his input in the game plan and on the sideline for the Steelers before he has a lot of mobility. He's a rocket scientist. <laughs> Give me Josh Dobbs. Well, I thought Bring you were talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> oh, no. Give me back Josh Dobbs. Like it's perfect. Like, like it stands out still to this day that w- with all the people Ben Roethlisberger had on his sideline, yeah. the one he went to was Josh Dobbs. That yeah, was the dude you, he would go to. We got to talk Josh Dobbs. We got to talk Ryan Fitzpatrick out of retirement. I mean, think about <laughs> think about having that beard, who you know, on the so, sideline. He, he is exactly the guy Yinzers would be like. We need, <laughs> we need Fitz Magic on defense and Fitz Magic on offense. He can have four touchdown games. He can have four interception games. It you doesn't matter. It, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah, I, I also someone said Brissett. I love I love Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. He's another one I would enjoy having over here because he's a guy who has accepted that role. And man, if he comes in, you get smart backup play from him. You you want a guy that could do well in the kind of Steelers cautious, don't turn the ball over offense. Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, yeah. He did That's great this game. year for the Browns. He really did. That's where he shines. That's not yeah. Mitch Trubisky's game. That is Jacoby Brissett's game. He could be that guy. Uh, anyone you're bringing back, Shannon, anyone you're willing to – any big names you're bringing back that are free agents from the Steelers this year? Obviously, we've got Larry Ogunjobi. Uh, we've got Cameron Sutton. we got your your main man, Devin Bush, out there. Uh, 
<laughs> we got Terrell Edmonds, Demonte Kazi. Uh, any of these guys you prioritizing? Well, you, you know, I, I prioritize the Terrell Edmonds. Yeah. Uh, I just think that he's so valuable with Fitzpatrick. So, yeah, that that's my focus. Uh, you know, close second is Larry Ogajobi because uh, he's such a great fit. You know, I want to see him beef up the interior of the line. I don't want to have to worry about that end. And uh, and I think Ogajobi, uh, for the right price, you know, you really need to bring him back. I'm starting to warm up to the Sutton idea. Because if you look at the free agent cornerbacks out there, there's really not a, an upgrade that I trust for what you're going to have to pay for them. Yeah. And, you know, it looks like Sutton's going to come in at a far more reasonable price. And so I think if you can keep Sutton and then draft you a corner with one of the first two picks, it is a deep corner draft. So I, I would be comfortable doing that. Uh, more so than I would overpaying for these guys that, like I said, the only guy we talked about it last week that I'm really interested in uh, is Dean from the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. And and I think Dean's underrated, but I think everybody else knows he's underrated. So I think somebody's going to offer him a lot of money, more than the yeah. Silvers are willing to pay. Okay. Uh, I, I got to throw this out. Sherry Richards, uh, regular listener here, has this comment. Going back, Going back to our quarterback discussion, I'm just going to put up here, and I'm going to read it, Shannon. I want your reaction. What about Baker Mayfield? Just saying. <laughs> well, <laughs> when Baker came out of college, I wrote an article that I said I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole based on things he did in college, some of his reputation, you know, the whole spiking the flag thing and the – uh, you know, and I like a guy who's a leader and rah-rah and all that, but I thought he it was disrespectful. Uh, there's a line there, and mm-hmm. I think he crossed it. Uh, honestly, I thought that he was perfect for Cleveland. Yeah, I think that he was the kind of guy that even if he had a bad game, he had so much of an ego that he it was just like water off a duck's back. Yep. And, you know, in, in Cleveland, with that, that fan base is so desperate to have a winner. He can handle that hype and that pressure. And then he's on the progressive commercials or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, all state. I don't even remember what the commercials were, but he did all these stupid commercials. And and uh, so he was really becoming popular and people were believing in the Browns. And then he hurts his non-throwing shoulder, but it jacked his mechanics oh, exactly. up. All his mecha- everything up. And here he toughed it out and tried to play through it. They didn't do good. Wasn't all his fault, but... There was a reason he didn't play good. And then they turned their back on him. And not only did he do that, they brought in a sexual predator and gave him a guaranteed contract and basically thumbed their nose at him and 50, said, you know, we don't want you no more. So, honestly. Over $50 million against the Cavs yeah, this year, too. Yeah. And three first-round picks. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. So, um, I don't have a, a problem uh, with considering uh, Baker. You know, he's going to be a backup. I don't think he's ready to be a backup. So right now I would say no, because uh, he's going to want to go somewhere and compete, you know, yeah. to be a starter. I agree. He, with he's you. like Mason. He's not ready to be a backup yet. I, I agree with you there with, uh with one caveat. I would bring in Baker just, just to have the situation where like Kenny Pickett gets like dinged up 
in a Browns game or right before Browns week and Baker Mayfield comes in and beats Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Baker Mayfield and the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Browns. Oh, that would be classy. <laughs> That's all I want. Right? But also, also I will tell you this, when Baker gets to the point that he embraces being a backup. Yes. I think he's going to be a Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he yep. could be if he embraced that role because he is a guy who would come in and be like, let's go. Let's just throw everything out. Let's run around. Let's play football. Let's do some crazy stuff that the other team is not at all expecting because they didn't prepare for Baker Mayfield's nonsense. Yeah. And he could go out there and, and win you games. I think Baker Mayfield as a backup, if he embraced that role, could be that kind of a player. And I think he could turn into a Ryan Fitzpatrick level quarterback where it's just like when he first comes in to play for a team, it's like, oh crap. Like there's going to be some crazy stuff go on. There's going to be some numbers, probably possibly three interceptions, but more than likely their team's going to pull out a win and he's going to look crazy doing it. Here's one thing we got to keep in mind. Anybody that questions his talent, he was traded. I think he was traded. Or he was released and he signed with the Rams. I can't remember how that went down when he left the Panthers. Yeah, Carolina was a terrible team yeah, for him. Was but he got thing. to he got to LA the day of the game. And I, I can't remember if it was Thursday night, it was prime time. Yep. He gets there, he doesn't even get a full practice. Most yep. of the day he's going over the playbook, you know, a limited number of plays with the coaches. Never thrown about any of these guys. Stepped on the field that night and won that game. Yeah. Now, there's a handful of quarterbacks in the NFL that would even say, I'm ready to go out there. Yeah. Most quarterbacks, especially that want to be a starter and want mm-hmm. you to consider them a starter, know that that's a, uh, you know, a suicide mission. No, I would be t- like, I am Tom not Brady, doing that. Tom Beatty and Peyton Manning couldn't do that. Oh, no. Because they are they, so steeped in their offense. They're so yes, steeped in that yes, system. They're yes. not guys who could do that. Ben Roethlisberger could do that. Yeah, because he'd be but, out there. What you got to have? Forget that. that. Here's what you guys do. You guys run these routes. <laughs> yeah, that competitive nature. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would watch Bay, Bay Mayfield in the huddle, and he was telling guys routes what he wanted yeah. to do because he didn't know the plays. Yeah, and then he would go out there and he would do it, and I was amazed that he was completing them. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, he has a place in the NFL. He's just got to find the right place. <laughs> All right, we just spent a whole bunch of time on Baker Mayfield. All right, back to what we were supposed to be talking about. Um, so, so you're bringing back Terrell. Your priorities are Terrell Edmonds, Larry Ogunjobi, uh, you, Demonte Kazee, Devin Bush. Sorry, I keep bringing him up. I, I'm not even going to mention Bush. Kazee, <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, Robert Splane, yes. You know, but the, the most of the rest of the guys I'm not worried about. But well, you don't even have to bring up Bush with me. Yep. I, are, are you bringing back James Pierre? He's a restricted free agent. I mean, it would have to be, a you know, because he was undrafted. Yeah, it's not going to be a big deal. Yeah, he was undrafted. So it would have to be a super small deal. And I love him on special teams. He's a great gunner. Uh, and he, he knows the, the Steelers' defensive coverages. And yep. he has value as a four, number four corner. So yeah, I'd definitely bring him back. Yeah, I, I I thought he actually played some of his best football uh this season. He actually yep. did pretty good. Uh I'm agree with that. I'm bringing him back. My priority list goes Larry Ogunjobi number one. Uh then I want Terrell Edmonds. 
Zindemon Kazi. A big one here, though, Cameron Sutton. Where are you going with Cameron Sutton? Like, you, you, are, you want him back. How much would you pay to bring back Cameron Sutton? Uh, how about I'll get, I'm going to do this. We'll do this way. I will give you a range of, I'll give you a number for a yearly contract. Okay. His average yearly con- money. And you tell me yes or no. All right. I'm going to start high and we'll see how, how high you're willing to go. 14 million. No. 12. No. 10. 11. 11. You'd go as high as 11. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's not a huge cornerback deal. That's still, that. it's, but so it's, weird top, it's pretty top for a number two. That still sounds so high to me. And um, I have to remember, that's like, that is, that's a high number two. Yeah, yeah. That's a really, really low number one number. Uh, okay, so around 11 million. See, I'm not, I, I think Cameron Sutton could probably be, we could probably get him back for around 10, 11 million. Yeah. I'm not bringing him back for that. I'm not bringing him back for that. I think that's too much of the cap. Uh, I mean, like, if you restructure Cameron Hayward, that's as much as you're getting. You, you might get that much, and then you're just turning and signing Cam Sutton with it. I can't go there with that. I, I am well, letting Here's Cameron the reason Sutton I say that. Anything over like $7 million, honestly. I, I, I'm not bringing Cam back. I love him, but I'm not bringing him back. The reason I say that is this year they're going to have to rework some stuff mm-hmm. to free up space. Next year, something they're going to have over $100 million or something, uh, like $111, I read. Uh, so you, you – Push that money to next year, and you you know you can say it's a base of eleven, but, but you're not paying. 11 you're not giving year. him the full eleven. You give him a signing bonus, and then he's how many not, years? You know, how many be, years would you sign him? Um, how many years would you sign him for? Would you go four? Years? I think you'd have to go three to four. I think yeah. you'd have to. So like, I would try I, to do three, but <laughs> yeah, like three years, thirty-three million, four years, forty million, somewhere around like that kind of yeah, that kind yeah. of money we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. But there's okay. going to be so much more money next year, I would try to push that back a little. Okay. Now, any any splash-free agent signings? Obviously, you're going inside linebacker. You have your whole list of seven. In this scenario, you get to pick the guy you're bringing in, or two if you're bringing in two, whatever you're doing, you get to pick that guy. Which one you bring it in? Well, first to play with Robert you. Spillane because you're bringing him back. Yes, but I think it's going to be a low deal. But I have a question for you before I answer that. Okay. You did not mention Terrell Edmonds. Oh, I'm bringing him back. He's my number two priority. I okay. Open okay. Joby Edmonds. You did then, say uh, Edmonds. That's right. That's right. You did then say Fonzie. Yes. I'm also not bringing back Devin Bush. Yeah. Uh, I think at this point he needs to be a backup and try and rebuild whatever he does. And he doesn't play special teams, and I don't have backup linebackers that don't play special teams. Oh, yeah, me neither. Um, now, to answer the question, I really – I like the idea that if they sign one Edmonds, they're going to get the other Edmonds. It's kind of a two-for-one deal. And I think if these guys really want to play close to home where their parents don't have to travel so much, uh, I think they would – I mean, we know Terrell loves it in Pittsburgh. He probably has told Tremaine how much he loves it. Uh, It's incredible how many Bills fans do not want Tremaine back. Yeah. If you read, you know, uh, get on their stuff – and they're like, we're not enough space plays. He's not enough, you know. But I want you to look at all the middle linebackers this year. And outside of a guy like Warren or, you know, another guy, none of the these inside linebackers had space plays this year. Nope. Nobody, nobody not had the more. position right now. Yeah. Nobody had more than three interceptions, uh, two or three sacks, uh, a couple of forced fumbles. I mean, 
you know, uh, Edwards had seven pass defense, I think it was, six or seven, and that's one of the top guys, yeah. you know. And, and so I think if you have both Edmonds brothers, you know, Edmonds is going to be a huge upgrade in the middle. And I think you, to play with his brother, you might even get him a little bit cheaper. So my main focus at free agency is that inside linebacker position. If you can't hit on Edmonds, I'm looking for Pratt or Long. Uh, yeah. I like both of them. I think they're huge upgrades. I like their age. I like the physicality. Both of them can cover. So, yeah, that was my priority. So, Yeah, I also I also like uh, Tremaine Edmonds. I think he is best in a role where he is free to run. Yep. He's a great running time. I mean, it's Terrell Edmonds in, in, in a bigger frame. It's just a bigger frame. Uh, but with the same athleticism as is as Terrell, you basically have two of those guys on the field, and I'm okay with that because if you go back to 2019 when we were able to keep uh people off of Devin Bush, we basically had it then. Yeah, you would watch one of my favorite games is their game against Arizona, where like they would try to stretch the play out to the side, and you would have Devin Bush and Terrell Edmonds running with it step for step, waiting for the guy to try and gain yards and then tackle it. Like they were there the whole time. I think that is a fine thing to have, especially you're playing teams like the Ravens. You're playing teams that have a lot of options there. I, I think that gives you two matchup cancelers, uh, which is what I call guys who can simply just take somebody in man and be like, I'm staying with them because I'm that athletic. I might not be great. I might not be a shutdown guy, but they're not open. Right. And I think that's Tremaine Edmonds. I think that's Terrell Edmonds. I think you can have two of those guys on there, and you don't need a ton of splash plays from them, uh, especially when the, you have T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, mm-hmm. Minka Fitzpatrick. You have guys that give you splash. One thing about Tremaine, you, we got to precipice it with this. I believe that Edmonds, Tremaine Edmonds, will be very effective because I want to see the Steelers have a physical buck mm-hmm. next to him which eventually Mark Robertson is going to provide that. We don't know what his coverage will ever develop into, but I think he's at least going to be a Vince Williams type. Then the draft, the guys I'm looking at in the draft are more buck guys, you know, who has sub coverage, buddy, but they're thumpers. And if you, if you let Edmonds focus on coverage and running, and then, you know, he's a six, four, 245 pound guy who runs like Bush. Yep. Did when he was young, uh, you know, before the injury. So that is a great combination, but it really is going to depend on who they can put next to him. Yep. All right. I got, I got one last question here on free agents. And that is uh, any, anyone you're bringing in. Okay. We know the inside linebacker. We're both going outside the team for inside linebacker. Any other players, specific players or positions you're looking at for a major free agent signing? Like, I think we're both looking back up offensive linemen. Mm. Uh, like, there's some other positions like that. You've got to fill. Anyone big you're looking at to bring in? Well, uh, again, this offseason, I want to focus on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's where it needs the focus needs to be uh, in the trenches. Uh, we talked about Tomlinson. There's different guys there. Not Deron Payne. I don't know if you read my article today yeah. about some of the rumors that are out there. Yeah, I people it. were talking about, and I put it. I talked about you. I said because that would be your fer- favorite dream. Oh yeah, to, to dream about pain in the Steelers' interior. Oh, it'd be fabulous. Yeah, and and it it would be awesome. But 
I mean, I, Deron I, Payne he's going to command. T.J. Watt next to Cameron. Oh, yeah. Cameron Hayward, Deron Payne, T.J. Watt. Like, just think that front four. Alex Highsmith. Yeah. Cam Hayward, Deron Payne, T.J. Watt. It'd be you crazy, know, yeah. Nobody wants to face that. Nobody wants that. But I don't think that that's realistic. It's not realistic at all. It and, isn't. And so that's why I'm thinking of guys like – there's a lot of guys out there that are big body run stoppers that can collapse the pocket. And then in the draft, you got some guys – uh, Smith and I can't say that one guy from Baylor's name and uh, uh, the kid from Wisconsin. I can't think of his name right now because I don't have it in front of me. But all those guys, you know, you're getting you're getting younger uh, behind your starters. But yeah, a guy like Tomlinson would be a target for me. Okay, I got I got two names I'm going to bring in for this specific rebuild. Here we go. Uh, my wide receiver. I am doing it. I'm going out there and I'm bringing in Jarvis Landry. I'm doing it because I think, and let me tell you why, again, because I consistently have said this. I think the problem in the Steelers wide receiver room is that they don't have leadership and they're soft. And I think that is a major problem. And I would love to see, frankly, because Jarvis Landry has that dog in him and just has always had it. And he would bring that and he brings it with leadership and work ethic. And there's a guy on the Steelers wide receiver room who has that dog in him. And I want to see him with a guy who can bring that same level of intensity and also help him shape his intensity into getting better at his craft. You know, the way the way Heinz Ward would, would, would hone his craft and work on it, the way he taught Antonio Brown, those guys became obsessive about getting better at being a wide receiver not just fighting people, not just jumping over them and getting the ball from them, mm. but becoming a technician in his craft. I would love to see someone who could kind of get that through to George Pickens and help him become a better tech, better wide receiver, a better player at that position. George Pickens is a fantastic football player. I don't think he's a good wide receiver yet. He can no, catch the ball, yet, no. but that doesn't mean he can run routes. He can't do all mm. that work. I'd love to see someone get a hold of him who could teach him that. And I think Jarvis Landry fits that role. And to me, George Pickens is your upside on this offense. If George Pickens turns into a well-rounded receiver, I mean, he's a Terrell Owens. He's a that level of player. He has that kind of potential to be a Hall of Fame receiver. That's your improvement. And if you can get a guy who's going to help him develop it's worth more than what his production is. It's worth more than his contract. It's in. It's 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 uncalculable how valuable that kind of a thing could be. And to me, Jarvis Landry is me taking that shot at getting that player. That's what he represents to me. If the Steelers have another guy that's a better idea, go for that. Uh, but for me, it's Jarvis Landry because I love that dude. I love I love the way he he goes. I love the way he plays. Uh, and and another one here. I'm bringing back another. Oh my gosh. I bring you back another former Steeler to be my inline tight end. It's kind of annoying Shannon here. I'm bringing back Jesse James <laughs> because you have to have an inline tight end and we don't have one. Pat Farmers isn't that dude. Connor Hayward isn't that dude. So I'm bringing back Jesse James and not, uh, not Matt, whatever, not, uh, I just lost his name. Who was our other coach? But Zach Gentry. Why did I say Matt? Zach Gentry. I'm not bringing back Zach Gentry. Oh, I'm going to have to bring this up. Steelers Nation Australia. <laughs> Thank you, 
very much for your super <laughs> chat. Five Aussie dollar, five kangaroo bucks from Steelers Nation Australia. And they ask the incredibly important question, who wins in a boxing match? Jeff and Shannon versus Claypool and a kangaroo. This is this isn't a I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call a, an audible here. That's not a boxing match. You don't do two on two in a boxing. This is a tag team like wrestling match. Yes. Yes. This is a tag team wrestling match. <laughs> and frankly, I'm going after the kangaroo. They already know that. I'm I'm on the kangaroo. I'm matching Shannon up with Chase Claypool. Shannon. No, 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 no. No, no. I'm I'm an, I'm the animal here. I would have to take out the kangaroo first. You're throwing me you would have to, you would have to you would have to keep Claypool busy. You know what? Okay, this is what I'm doing. Everything I'm throwing at Chase Claypool is going over his head and he's yeah. dropping it. You he's going to the ground to every him. time. I'm throwing it over his head. He's going to the ground every time. You gotta fight him because if he jumps, he leans backwards, he'll land on his back, and then you got him. Get oh, him on the ground, we'll keep him down, some ground and pound. We have this, I'm telling you. So everybody put their money on us. Thank you, uh, Steelers <laughs> Nation Australia, a.k.a. Marky D. Thank you, Mark. Our friend from uh, Down Under. Thank you for that. And uh, everyone, everyone, you can thank you can thank Marky for that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to take a short break on that note. And when we come back, we'll try and uh, try and be professionals here, which we're not we're usually not good at. So anyway, we'll be short break. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm Jeffrey Benedict here with Shannon White on the curtain call. We're talking building our Steelers teams. We're getting to the fun part of it. We've gotten through players we're cutting, players we're bringing back through free agents. Now we're moving on. You want to do the draft, Shannon, or do you want to do coaches first? It's up to you. Let's do coaches. All right. Let's do coaches. Let's start. Uh, anyone on offense you're going to get rid of and replace here, Shannon? <laughs> well, I would have already got rid of Matt Cannon. <laughs> Everybody knows that. He but gone. I understand uh, the logic behind it. I, I really wish they would have brought in a passing game coordinator if they were going to keep him. Because, you know, I've seen people talking about this week rumors. Once I did, you come out after I already wrote the article about the Steelers looking at Mike Evans from the Buccaneers. Yeah. Uh, it, it's and was people have loved Mike Evans back when he came out of the draft. Steelers oh, yeah. fans love Mike Evans, yeah. and he is a very good player. But again, with this offense, I'm not really excited about getting more wide receivers because Canada don't know how to use them. He does not know how to scheme them open. So you um, want Mike Evans running jet sweeps? Uh, no, no, I do not. No, I do not. I, I would like to have, an, uh, if anything on offense, I'm okay with what they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to, I'm going to kind of go outside the box. Um, uh, I have nothing against our wide receiver coach, but I really would like to see Heinz Ward get an opportunity to be the Steelers wide receiver coach. Uh, yeah. and I think that he would be able to bring a lot of the culture and what it means to be, I mean, when you look at the still the wide receivers the Steelers have had, we're talking yeah. about some of the greatest receivers in NFL history. Three Super uh, Bowl MVPs. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it, and he is a former MVP and he is 
again, the most underrated wide receiver I've ever seen. The fact yep. that he's not in the Hall of Fame still pisses me off. So I would yeah, like to get see. Started on that. Oh yeah, I'd like That's to see him. You know, get to come back and coach with the Steelers, and I would like to see a passing game coordinator. Uh, and then, uh, pretty much, I'm fine with the offensive coaching staff the way it is. Okay. See, I so so you're are you are you keeping Matt Canada? Or are well, you they've already decided it? to. So again, I'm I'm I understand the reasoning, but they need to have somebody that can work with Canada and help round out this passing attack. Okay. To 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 say something on that, someone brought this up online uh that I that I that I agree with a lot. Uh and they brought up that that Matt Canada was the passing game coordinator. That for the Steelers, the offensive line coach is almost always the run game coordinator. And I've talked about how it was That's important to get a guy who fits <laughs> Matt Canada's run yeah. game approach. If Matt Canada had his run game installed and the reason and the the run game coordinator this year was the offensive line coach uh then that means Matt Canada doesn't know how to to pass in game coordinate his own offense did like, you that's see really what we'd be talking about right did you that's see where the saying. Kansas City Chiefs talked about the second touchdown where they would in the first half they were sending their guy in motion and you would see the Eagles guy race across the field to try to meet him. Well, mm-hmm. you know, Andy Reid and Belinda, they, they seen that. They just had him stop at the end of the line and then just fade back out like a fade pattern and wide open. One time on the right, one time on the left. Well, when they did it to the left the second time, it, they it was the wrong. He put the wrong guy in motion. I don't know if you've seen when Mahomes was talking about it and he signaled up to the right. And instead, that guy didn't start. So he, when he looked over uh, Sky Moore, he started in motion, and he ran it from the other side, and it worked again for the probably The Steelers ain't capable of that, guys. Yeah. I mean, just seeing what the Eagles were cheating, they were trying to cheat and get that guy over there to make that to cover. And easily, the, you know, it, ain't a, that, it don't take a brain scientist or a rocket scientist. You know, all you got to do is pay attention. They go in at yeah. halftime. Make the adjustment, score two touchdowns in the second half. Mahomes had three touchdowns and all three were wide open. I yeah. mean, how many of them did Pickett have this year? Even opportunities. He missed a couple. Yeah. I remember he missed a couple. But honestly, Don, Deontay Johnson there. dropped one in the last week of the season. He was yeah. wide open. But it, oh. it wasn't it wasn't there. He does a poor job of scheming guys open. Yeah. I'll I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Um I, I like I like you saying Heinz Ward wide receiver coach because it's Heinz Ward and I'd bring him back for literally anything, uh, any reason I don't even care. Uh, so so <laughs> I'm going to just agree with you there. Heinz Ward coming back, however I can do it. I don't care what position. Make him the uh, make him the the coaching assistant. I don't know whatever. Uh, but I like that. I you know I'm keeping Canada. Uh, one of the questions I have that I want to see the answer to, and this is the main reason I want Canada back, is I want to see. Was that offense simplified because of the people he had, the offensive line changes, all that stuff? I I hate saying this because I've been saying this for like three years, but I'm, I'm we're still waiting. In my opinion, I'm still waiting to see the real Matt Canada offense. And I, I don't think we've seen it yet. And if we have, then, oh, my gosh, he needs to be gone. But I don't think we've seen it. 
because I've seen him in college do more aggressive and complicated things and use build off of these plays better than he does for the Steelers. And if you can do it in college, why can't you do it here? But, but, but you ask yourself this, even in his college tape, his college offenses, did he scheme guys wide open receivers? I mean, he had talented H-backs. He had halfbacks. He oh, used yeah, – he got a about, lot of guys open. But how many receivers do you remember, pure receivers, outside receivers, did he scheme wide open? And I'm thinking back, I don't remember very many. That's a very good point. Yeah. That's a very good point because I'm thinking about how he used jet motion, uh-huh. how he – he used to run wheel routes out yeah. of those. Yeah. And now they, they don't. Uh-huh. They didn't run a wheel route. Like, that's such a natural way. You just run a wheel off of that. Like, that's a natural just progression there. Put him off the sideline, have that guy come in. Like, it works. Mm-hmm. But you're right. You're right. The, the, the You'd have to go all the way back to his days in Indiana. And uh, they did not – they were not a running team then. That's a passing team. Then the offense looked very similar to what you see – what you saw with Ben in like 2020. Yeah. One, what you saw there. Uh, it just, it worked. It yeah. College. Well, college, yes. <laughs> yep. So uh, I'm giving him that year. We'll see. We'll see. I'm giving him one year. I also, I'm also giving that year because I think after next year, this offense is in a much better place to draw a better offensive coordinator. Like this offense has been getting into a position to do that. So I'm keeping I'm keeping everyone. I like your idea of Heinz Ward, though, man. I'm I'm really I'm digging that. How about defense? I, I want to I want to say this really quick. Uh we found out Aaron Curry, who they signed to be a linebackers coach, is not the outside linebackers coach. We thought that might like okay, when he first signed on, I'm like, okay, he coached Larry Ugonjobi and Alex Highsmith. He's gonna be an outside linebackers coach, he's gonna work with the pass rush. No, he is an inside linebackers coach. Jerry Olsoski is gone. Aaron Curry is your inside linebackers coach. The Steelers do not have an outside linebackers coach. They have the assistant outside linebackers coach from last year. But I want you to consider that since uh, Keith Butler joined the Steelers under Bill Cowher, mm-hmm. The outside linebacker has been a pass rush coordinator kind of person, mm-hmm. specialist in that. Dick LeBeau, you've got to remember, Dick LeBeau, of course, learned under some great zone blitz guys. But you go to those 2008 defenses, they weren't doing zone blitzes. That's not what they lived off of. Mm-hmm. That They lived off of more, much more normal. You didn't see any nose tackles drop. Casey Hampton did not drop into coverage. <laughs> Aaron Smith wasn't dropping into coverage very often. Like, that just didn't happen. Uh, James Harrison wasn't dropping into coverage that often with like being replaced by an inside linebacker or a cornerback blitzing. They weren't doing that kind of stuff. That was a lot. They did a lot of Keith Butler stuff. Keith Butler, even when he took over defensive coordinator, he was the outside linebackers coach. When they brought in Terrell Austin, he went and took over outside linebackers coach. Terrell Austin took over the secondary and Keith Butler was kind of the outside linebackers coach pass court rush coordinator. That has been the Steelers' MO for a long time. Who was their outside linebackers coach last year? Or, well, who was their linebackers coach last year that, that, when they had an inside linebackers coach and an out and a linebackers coach? It was Brian Flores. Mm-hmm. Who, yeah, we saw a lot mm-hmm. of Brian Flores in that pass rush. 
that is a huge position to fill. Yes. And I honestly don't know who to, I don't even have a suggestion of who to fill that with because you're looking for someone to be your pass rush guy. Mm-hmm. That's a huge position. That is a major coaching position that is right now open. Uh, do you have any ideas for that? Yeah, I don't follow coaching and like pass rush. Corey. I don't like that's hard. That's hard stuff to analyze. Uh, I'm not doing that for other teams. I, I I do a little bit for the Steelers and that's it. But I don't have any name for that either. Do you, do you? No. When we talked about it before, I was really concerned when Butler retired. Yeah. And when they picked up Brian Flores, I was like, thank you. Because I was, you know, I was expecting even more of, you know, zero coverage and, and you know, the stuff that we've seen Flores be so successful with at Miami. But the Steelers just did not have the secondary talent to pull it off. And so, you know, he had to kind of back off of that. Now, I don't know. Um, it's, you know, it's not Austin's strength. Tomlin's a defensive, for, you know, coach, defensive-minded head coach. He's a secondary guy, too. He's not a pass rush guy. So they have to address that. And I really do not know who's available. They need to keep that aggressive mindset and that aggressive nature. That's why we want to build up this interior line, the defensive line, and that inside linebackers, try to extend Highsmith. But it's important who that pass rush coordinator is, and I don't know who to get. I'm going to say this to add on to it. Uh, one of the things PFF always talks about with Miles Garrett is the number of double teams he faces, right? But if you watch an offensive line, offensive line, an offensive line doesn't change their blocking rules on who they block and how they operate because there's a great player on the other side. They don't rewrite the script. You drill offensive line reactions and time because you don't have time to sit there and think, wait, is TJ Watt, TJ Watts over there? So let me change all of my plans mm-hmm. and think it's complete. No, you don't have time. Mm-hmm. You need like that. You've got to already have seen it and be moving so fast. Offensive lines don't change their blocking philosophies to fit the team they're facing. You can change how you chip people, how you use tight ends, stuff like that. But the, those five offensive linemen, they don't change based on the opponent. They fit their team strategy. Right. So when you talk about TJ Watt not being double teamed and you look under Keith Butler's time and you see Bud Dupree was double teamed more than TJ Watt. When you look and see things like Chris Wormley was double teamed more than Cameron Hayward. (laughs) Right. And you sit there and you say, why is Chris Mm. Wormley some underrated great player? Is Bud Dupree better than TJ Watt? That other teams are like double teamed that guy? No. Keith Butler attacked how offensive lines blocked mm-hmm. and he attacked them in ways to create one-on-one matchups for TJ Watt this year. He attacked them to create one-on-one matchups for Cameron Hayward. That's how Keith Butler made the Steelers pass rush. Great was TJ Watt wasn't double teamed because you couldn't double team TJ Watt. He didn't let you, he attacked mm-hmm. your blocking scheme, right? So when I like, they always post that and they're like, look at their pass rush win weight. Look at their double team rate. That's a double team rate is a great stat for saying, you know, like, oh, did they win while they were double teamed? That's cool. They can win while they're double teamed. But what it mostly tells me is they're, their defensive coordinator is not good. Yeah. Like the guy, the guy organizing your pass rush, he's not good. Mm-hmm. 
why are you getting double teamed all the time? You're Miles Garrett. You're their best pass rusher. Why are you getting double teamed? Because your pass because your pass rush coordinator isn't doing his job. Not yep. very good at it. So to me, a huge, huge part of this is they have to get a really good pass rush coordinator. It would be an absolute waste to have Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward, and whoever else they have in there, and then have a poor pass rush coordinator. And we've seen this before. Look at the Bengals where they had Carlos Dunlap and uh, Carl uh, Lawson, and mm-hmm. uh, and they had oh, they're really great in defensive tackle. I'm losing his name, Geno Atkins. And they yes. had no sacks. Mm-hmm. None of them did anything because their pass rush was just, "Hey, you four, go like try mm-hmm. and get the quarterback, guys. Go ahead now, go get him." Like that's no like. Like, be smart. Do something. Attack the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, that is a that is the key to this defensive offseason. Bigger than even free agents. Bigger than keeping guys like Elario Gajobi. Uh, my new one is who is your outside linebackers coach? Who is your pass rush coordinator? That's huge. Mm-hmm. All right. Any any other coaching things you do on defense? To me, I'm I'm leaving it alone yeah like i'm I'm happy with the defensive coordinators yeah uh and the defensive coaches staff i i do want to say about jerry osowski i he was uh consummate stiller a professional yep you know he lost his wife last year and yep. he missed a little time and he didn't come back and i think it was therapeutic for him and helped him to be with the the guys and and, and everybody loved him and i hope that he you know, in 22 years, I think he was with the Steelers. I think I heard that. And hopefully he just decided that he's ready to to do something different and maybe spend more time with family. And uh, I know that the Steelers, I just can't imagine them forcing him out because I know how much respect that the organization has for Jerry Owen. Uh, I wish him the best. Uh, I think he's, Absolutely. you know, a guy I have deep respect for. And I appreciate all these contributions. And um, he, he'll be missed, but hopefully, you know, that Curry can come in and, and, you know, pick up where he left off and, uh, you know, understand that culture and the importance and, uh, of a winning culture and, uh, the atmosphere that is still is alive in Pittsburgh. You know, it ain't the same without Dan, you know, it's not going to be the same arts, uh, too still, you know, he's still learning, but that culture is still there. And as long as the Rooney's are there, I think it'll continue. But I just wanted to say that uh wish him the best because I, I really respect Jerry O. I've I, with 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 Art the Second, like I, I think we've gone from like people like Dan Rooney passed. Dan Rooney stopped being involved with the Steelers, and people expected the Rooney way to continue mm-hmm. and didn't give enough respect to the fact that the Rooney way was Dan. The yes. whole way we view the Rooneys was Dan Rooney. And to me, he's the greatest, greatest sports executive the planet's ever seen. Definitely the NFL's ever seen. He's yes. number one in, in sports executives for the NFL. Uh, and you don't replace that. That's and like a good saying, ambassador. That's like saying, you know, that's like that's like asking Bill Belichick to replace Tom Brady. Yeah. Right? That's asking, that's asking the 49ers to just replace Jerry Rice. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had Terrell Owens. He was nowhere close to Jerry Rice. And he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Right. Like, like you just you can be great. You're not going to be Dan Rooney great. No. 
right? And I think we've gone from there to people being like, Art the Second is a trash owner. He's terrible. No, 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 He's no, ruining no. the Steelers. Don't don't go that far. No, that's true. That's not true. Art is not damp. Yep. But that's that's like saying Terrell Owens isn't, you know, Jerry Rice. That's like saying George Pickens isn't Lynn Swan. He's not Lynn yeah. Swan. He's not that guy yet. Maybe mm-hmm. he could be, but he's not that dude. He's very unlikely to be Lynn Swan. Yeah. But you know what? He can still be great. Yeah. Art we have to watch. We to have to game. watch with comparisons. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, you can say that. Like I can say, Kenny Pickett reminds me of Joe Montana, and I'm talking about body type, physique, you know, arm strength, accuracy, process. Yeah, that moxie playmaker yeah. type of thing. But I'm not yeah. saying he is going to be Joe Montana, who yeah. I have one of the top four quarterbacks ever. So I mean, I have mad respect for Joe Montana. The dude was a straight-up cold-blooded killer. He was a winner. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that Pickett, you, we, we're only talking about similarities. Yeah. And and it, But when you're talking about a guy like Dan Rooney, you're talking about a GOAT. Yeah. I mean, you know, a, a true GOAT. Yep. And there's, you know, sometimes there's only one. There's one of these guys. and But I, I, that doesn't mean that Art Jr., I mean, Art 2 can't, you know, also be great in his yeah. own way. Uh, he, it hasn't happened yet. But I'm still hoping that it will. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he is a negative force. No. no. Uh, but I, I think I think one thing you're going to see is he does not like to disrupt what his brother built. What his yeah. uncle, I don't know their relation. What I don't know where they go. But he does. he's not going to mess with what Dan built, right? Yeah. Which is why I don't think Tomlin is ever going to be fired from this team because the next coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers will be the first one not hired by Dan Rooney since 1966, something like that. It was the last time Dan Rooney didn't hire a head coach of the uh, – there was a head coach of the Steelers not hired by Dan Rooney. was in the mid-60s. Yeah. Like, that's a long time. Yeah. And the next time they hire one will be the next. Uh, and I – I don't see the Steelers firing a head coach. I mean, no. they that's not how they operate. Nope. You know, Coward – I don't think Art's going to change that. Coward walked away due to the, you know, the health of his family and, you know, his wife was ill and all the different things that happened and it was time. Um, But the stewards would figure out a way to do it respectful to all parties involved. So I I have to put this up here because you talked about Joe Montana. I love this comment by Brian Brown here. (laughs) Joe Montana was a punk and he's lucky he got the Chargers (laughs) instead of the Steelers in the Super Bowl. I'm what about the other three? Two, I'm going to separate that into two statements. First off, Joe Montana. That was, was Steve Young. <laughs> Joe Montana was a punk. I'm going to disagree with. But the 49ers being lucky they got the Chargers instead of the Steelers in the Super Bowl, I'll absolutely agree with. The Chargers could not stop the passing game. The Steelers were the number one pass defense. Steelers would have won that game. I don't but it was care. Steve Young. Yeah. It was Steve. He even said that afterwards. He said, "Wait, maybe that was." Maybe that was. Young. was he, remember, remember, Steve Young was like getting the gorilla off his back. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, and we're gonna you're gonna get me off topic here with this one, but uh, for me, Steve Young's overrated. I mean, I for me, Steve Young is overrated. I'll give you. I'll give you two reasons why. One, he played with Jerry Rice. Is like all his good stuff was with Jerry Rice, and the amount of times he just threw to Jerry Rice. Where it was just like, oh, I'm in trouble. Where's Jerry Rice? Just throw the ball that direction, right? 
And the second thing was, look at his numbers when he had Ricky Waters and when Ricky Waters left. Ricky Waters was is also an underrated player, phenomenal running back. Look at Steve Young's difference between when he had Ricky Waters and when he didn't because he threw a lot to Ricky Waters too. That offense was a lot yeah. of Ricky Waters and and uh, Jerry Rice. And when he lost Ricky Waters, Steve Young stopped looking incredible and looked just very, very – and I'm not saying Steve Young was bad. I think I don't think he's one of the top-tier quarterbacks in NFL history, and he gets put there. He's in the Hall of Fame after a short career, and to me, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I think Young – I mean, Jonathan Taylor was awful good. Terrell Owens was awful good. You know, like you said, Waters. and the, it, You know, a lot of times it's you're lucky to get in an offense with the, you know. Yeah. That's, so, yeah, I think that he might be a tad overrated. But, uh, and I'm not disrespecting the guy, you know, he had a really good career. I think he was great. No I, don't think he was, I don't think he was elite. Like, no, like he's no Joe Montana. He's no he's Joe the, Yeah, he's no Joe. Yeah, we're going to go with that. Plus, Joe is from around here, so he's a Western PA boy. We yep. like that. Okay, we, we actually do need to cover the draft at some point here, Shannon, so let's try and get back on <laughs> Um, where Where's your focuses in the draft? Let's go, like, the top 50 picks. What are you getting there for fixing this team? You know, it's let's so see. important how this draft falls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want the 17 pick to be a guy that you have really targeted. Let's say there's a tackle, one of the, say the big three falls, one of the top three cornerbacks, a guy who's worthy of that 17 pick. If it's, if it's, if there's no inside linebacker who I want him to focus on worthy of a first round pick this year, in my opinion. Um, You know, there's not an offensive guard or an interior position, offensive line. I don't think there's a, uh, after the top couple, I don't think there's a defensive tackle worthy of that 17th pick. Yeah. So if you could trade back, say a team, one of the quarterbacks fall, like Richardson or somebody like that to near the 17th pick, somebody wants to move up, you move back to mid-20s, and you can hit one of them guys that you're really targeting. Uh, maybe even, again, I want more picks. I'm yeah. greedy because I, I really like these first three rounds. So if you could take even that number 32 pick and somebody might want that, you know, covet it pretty bad and you could still stay early in that second round and pick up an extra pick, even if it's a third rounder, I think you have to consider it because my dream scenario is they pick up one of the corners they really like, maybe Witherspoon, uh, I'm, you know, that's the guy everybody keeps talking about him. See, I really get into my draft coverage after the combat because yeah. so much changes. Every time I try to do something, somebody I have up high, they have a bad combine and then they start sliding down. And then I have to spend more time trying to research and figure out what happened. So I wait till after the combat. So this coming week's a big week. But let me, let me ask you, Shannon, have you looked at your before your the combine? Uh, where you view players and how they end up playing in the NFL versus what they do in the combine. Because well, I'll like tell said, you, so many I, players go move up in the after the combine in the draft. Yeah. And then they don't, when it actually comes time to play football, they don't show up there. 
people. I I think way too high, especially wide receivers. The oh, wide yeah. receiver. Yeah. And we talked about this last year. I remember we talked about this last year when we had the Georgia people on. And I said, the combine happens. Somebody runs ridiculous times. And a guy like George Pickens, who ran slightly slower in the combine, they expected, but a really good number. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, he only ran like a 4-4-ish 40. Yeah. Ooh, there's all these guys running 420 and 410. Yeah, where are those guys? Yeah. What are those guys doing? Most of them aren't – most of those guys don't work out. They don't turn out to be anything. Uh, so I, I, I'm not a big combine guy, but but I'm, I'm just – I understand that you need to adjust by what NFL teams are going to do after the combine. Uh, but I, I really think, man, you're better off ranking them based on their play and on the games and not on the combine. I, I put – I don't put as much emphasis on the combine yeah. as some people – I like the RAS relative athletic score. Yes. Um, you know, you take a guy that, like a lot of people question, just for an example, Creed Humphrey's athleticism. Because he kind of, he's he's got a roly-poly body. He's not a, yeah. you know, look like a bodybuilder. But if you looked at his RAS score, he was almost a 10. He was the highest RAS score of any of the centers in that draft class. His RAS score was higher than Kendrick Green. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's combined and everything. That told me, I mean, I already knew how much he loved to play center and how he studied the all-time greats. And he had always played center. And he had that leadership and that communication, all that stuff there. When you put that RAS score along with that other stuff and his tape, that's why he was the highest-rated center that I had looked at. I went all the way back to Remington out of Texas. I don't know if you remember him. But he was the guy that I thought was going to be a star. And he had a good pro career. But he wasn't, you know, all world or nothing. But Humphreys, I hit on him. I mean, you see it. The guy is just the best young center in the NFL. Yep. And so I, I, the combine's only a smart part. But here's things I look for, GB. I want to see their competitiveness. Some guys get in the combine, they get in those drills, and they tighten up. They lock mm-hmm. up the, the the all that pressure. They say it's the the most pressure on a job interview they'll ever have in their life. And they get out there and they lock up. I'm telling you, guys I've seen do that and really underperform a lot of times at the combine. Also, when the bright lights are on and the pressure's on in the biggest games, they kind of shrink away. And there's some guys that attack it. They They've trained, they've worked. And they can't wait to get out there and prove themselves. Hey, I like to see guys that know they're a first-round pick but still go out there and do everything. To me, that says I believe in me. Yeah. I don't have to have my pro day where the environment is perfect and everything's set up for me to shine. I'm going to get out here and compete against the guys that is my competition for draft positioning. And those guys, that shows to me that's an alpha. You know, you look at Devin White and Bush, the show they put on back there that year. Devin yep. White dominated that combine. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't shock me that he's the player he is now because he but he was the brightest uh, star at that position. If you remember, T.J. Watt had a super strong combine. Yep. I was kind of concerned about Watt because the Steelers people already projected him to the Steelers. I was yeah. concerned about him. But, boy, the combine – he was so competitive. You see how competitive he is. I said, he's like his brother. 
So I was thrilled. You know, that to me sold me on TJ Watt. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to get too much into it. I'm sure we'll be covering the draft later. But all I'm saying is I want to see them guys go into the combine, show their competitive, put on a show, show they have a good attitude, good body language. The Steelers coaches talk to them. That gives them an opportunity to, to find out what kind of mentality and personality they got, what kind of fit it'll be. But I want to see them hit that first-round pick, not reach. If the guy ain't there, trade back a little bit. Uh, you know, each time pick up additional picks because they need to address corner, defensive line, inside linebacker, and um, uh, offensive line. And then it could be a, a guard, but you could get them at that early, that 30-second pick or, you know, in that second round. But uh, that that's, to me, if they can do that and have a good free agency period, they're, they're heading towards, you know, being a serious contender. I like it. I like it. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna say that I, I went on a, a mock draft uh, on a mock draft uh, engine thing, and I was able to trade Mitch Trubisky in the first round pick and move up quite a bit. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna... <laughs> my my first round pick is going <laughs> in the top ten because I'm trading Mitch Trubisky <laughs> and the first round pick, and maybe a like 2026 20, first round pick, something like that. I'm making a joke. Mock engines, <laughs> mock draft engines are terrible. Uh, you do all kinds of shenanigans with them, but. Uh, Man, I want a defensive tackle. I want one of the really good ones. That's what I want. And man, I I have been thinking about this and and asking myself, would I trade like the 32nd pick and the 17th pick for like 8th, 10th? And and maybe a late second, something like that, like something where I'm I'm getting two picks back, but they're not great. But one of them's really high. I might pull that trigger. I want an absolute stud on the defensive line. That's what I want. And if one's not going to fall to seventeen, man, I might trade up for one. Now, obviously, I I don't know if that's going to work because I think they're both going to be gone in the top ten, and I don't think you trade from seventeen into the top ten in any reasonable trade. Uh, but if one falls past 10, man, ooh. Well, who would you be focusing on? Man, I don't know. I don't know. I just want – I want Jalen Carter. That's who I want, but I don't, I'm don't. i not getting him, right? He's he's top five probably. You've heard Did the rumors about him, right? What rumors? Are they bad? Are they like he's going to fall, or are they? they that, well, not... they're saying that that he's has uh, a bad attitude or some attitude problems. Oh, of course good. they give said me... the, they said the same thing about George Pickens. Yeah, give me that. <laughs> give me, give me a de- you know what? Sign him up. Give him the cutoff sleeve shirt that says they didn't sign me. For, they didn't draft me for my disposition. <laughs> Send him out there, uh, man. Let me. Oh gosh, if the attitude. Well, they see the thing is that the attitude problem is like I don't want to work. That's an attitude problem. That's a problem. If the attitude problem is, don't tell me what to do. I just want to go out in here and hurt people. I can live with that. I can live with that. If you're fighting with your teammates, but you're you're crushing the other team, I can live with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the Greg Lloyd. I'm all right with that. I'm not okay with someone who's like, man, I don't need to put in work. That's a totally different thing. Uh, but I want I want that defensive tackle. If I can't have that, like if they're not early. I'm sitting there at 17. I'm probably, man, cornerback is great. 
I don't want an offensive lineman. I know a lot of people want offensive line, but I'm not going offensive line. I'm going with this group. I think the return on a high offensive line pick for this team is multiple years down the road. And I'm not, I'm not drafting a first round guy for multiple years down the road. I'm not doing that. So for me, uh, I'm going defense with that first pick, either cornerback or defensive line. If again, if they're not there, and I'm trading back. I, I can see that as a trade back. So I know that's not why the how the Steelers trade back. The Steelers are going to put a list of 17 guys together that they want with that first pick. And if those guys, if there's six of those guys left, they'll trade back six spots. Mm-hmm. That's how kind of how they roll, which is why they never ever trade back. Uh so for me, I'd love to see that. I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh whichever one you don't get with 17, you gotta get with 32. Yep. And then I think you've got you've got you've got to dress inside linebacker. You need some youth there. You've got it. Like there's so much on that defense. Um I I think there's a lot of work there. I think there's a lot to be gained there. And I think there's a lot of payoff for drafting on defense. Mm-hmm. Where where are you where are you drafting your first offensive player? You know, sometimes the guy falls that's just too good to pass up. That's true. And so that kind of throws the plan out the window when that happens. If it's a David DeCastro or somebody like that, you got to take it. Um, but for me, I would look in the second round for one of these guys like uh, Cody Mock or, uh, you know, Torrance might even fall to that 30-second pick. And, you know, these guys would be an immediate upgrade over Dotson, uh, let Dotson compete you know, with them, but I think they, they would beat him out. Yeah. Um, and maybe if your left guard's a little stronger, a little more reliable, it might help more to reach that next level. Um, I don't like, there's talk about, uh, what's his name? Taylor Luane, Luan, Luan, yeah. Luan, whatever from the Titans. Yep. I don't want that dude. I think he's 34. He hasn't played a full season in like five years. He's, you know, he's spent on TJ Watt. Watt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, on, I'm not on. interested. I don't care. You're off the list. Yeah. I'm not interested in him. I mean, this is our MVP and you spit on him. So to me, you know, your name's off the board. <laughs> All right. Uh, for me, for me, man, I, I love, uh, uh, where's the comment here? But someone said Jeffrey wouldn't pick, Jeffrey would pick all defense. And that's uh, Steelers Pittsburgh. So Jeffrey would pick all defense. Uh, that's 100% correct. Yeah. Every well, I want a defensive draft. Yeah. Every season. Unless, yeah. unless, unless I don't like the offensive lineman we have, in which case I would pick some offensive lineman, but everyone else, no, I don't care. Uh, especially quarterbacks. Why, why do you need one of those? Uh, I understand in my head the quarterback is the most positioned on the field, but I don't want one. I don't care. I'd rather see them get tackled than than throw a ball. Personally, I I love defense. I love the defensive line. Give me that defensive line all day long. Uh, I draft two defensive linemen. Honestly, really, to me, I would draft two of them. I would draft one in the first round. I draft one in the third round. I'd come back to it. I I seriously just want the Steelers to get back to having that defensive line that dominates. Uh, because that's how you win, man. That's how you win football. I know people are going to talk about the Kansas City Philadelphia Super Bowl, uh, but to me, that's that's the crime of having a turf that is designed to cut back on power in the game. Yeah. Like that turf, you couldn't plant and 
push with power. You could cut, you could run, but you couldn't lean. You couldn't do anything with power and angles. You're, you'd slip, and that kills all the offensive line, defensive line play that just shut down both defenses, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I don't think – and I honestly – I don't think that's a – Oh, we didn't realize that was going to be a side effect of that thing. I think the NFL wants offense. I think they understand yeah. that offense drives fantasy football. Offense mm-hmm. drives uh, high octane offense drives middle of game bets. Those those in game mm-hmm. prop bets are driven by high offense. That's they. Someone scores here. Someone bets. Who's the next touchdown going to be? I'm going to bet. Why? Because this team keeps scoring. If both teams score a touchdown in every drive, people are betting more money. Yeah, well, think about it. on that now. So, so for me, that's I I don't think that's coincidence. You're talking about double dipping in the draft at defensive line. Yeah, if they pick up a free agent like I was talking about, you know, a, a starting caliber mid range that cost a guy like Tomlinson, you know, you can plug him right in, solidify that line. Then, if you trade back, either at seventeen or thirty two or whatever. You know, there's some guys that are really attractive defensive linemen that's going to be on day two. And you could do, like you said, you know, that 30-second pick and maybe the fourth-round pick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, if if oh, it yeah. falls that way, because I'm all for building the trenches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, because we know that Weidel, that's what he did in Philly. Yep. And uh, I'm hoping that's the plan in Pittsburgh. <laughs> That'd be nice. I'd be nice. And really, really, look at Philadelphia. All right, their offensive line really executed well. We yep. need to get better on the offensive line. Jalen Hurts is really good. Yep. He's not great yet. He's not, to me, in that category yet. He had a great season as part of a great offense. But I think, I think the Steelers' offense isn't that far away from the talent level you see on the Eagles. I think that's attainable. I think the Steelers could be in that ballpark of an offense. I'm going to blow your mind. All right. Kenny Pickett throws the ball better than Jalen Hurts. He's not the athlete that Hurts is, and Hurts is a better runner. Hurts you know, has a better he, he's very dominant, but as a pure passer, Hurts Kenny Pickett throws the ball better than Jalen Hurts. And there's very little that Jalen Hurts did in that Super Bowl, the Kenny Pickett couldn't do with that offense surrounding him. Okay. And and see, I think I think George Pickens develops, he can be an AJ Brown. Yeah. I, I think he can be yeah. that level of a player. Uh and I don't think the rest of Philadelphia is that ridiculously good. Uh Smith is is really is really quick. He's he's good. I, I think Deontay Johnson is not that far off from him. Uh Look at that offensive line. Yeah. If you have an offensive line, we we were talking, the field conditions helped, but those quarterbacks had three seconds or more to throw on most passes. Wow. When the last time is the Stiller quarterback had more than one or two of them opportunities in a game. Yep. And all night long, they had over three seconds to pass the football. A lot of quarterbacks can be really good behind that offensive line. Yep. Either See, one of them. For me, here's my thing with offensive line. I'm bringing in some veteran depth this year, uh, some good, decent veteran depth. That's what that's what I think is the important thing on the offensive line. I want to see this offensive line have another shot to play together. 
Right. And then I'm making moves. They're still going to be young. They're going to be, the, I mean, next at the end of next season, James Daniels is going to be, what, 26, 27? He's yeah. still in his prime for an offensive lineman. Oh, definitely. And that's yep. the point where you're saying, okay, now, now we know we have a really good idea of where these guys are. Let's add where we need to. Let's make the moves there. But to, in order to do that, to me, you've got to fix the defensive line this year. You fix yes. the defensive line this year, and the next year you're looking at offensive line. A couple years from now, George Pickens should be established. He should be a more well-rounded receiver. Kenny Pickett should be more established, be able to run the whole offense. If you needed to move to a new offensive coordinator, you can do it. Right? That's why I really think I like. We're, like I'm saying, we're built. We're trying to fix the Steelers. But this is not, to me, this is not about this year. No. Right? No. This is not about 2023. 2024, mm-hmm. 2025 is really your window. I think TJ Watt's still there. Cameron Hayward's not the same guy, but he's your veteran. You know, I Minka's still there. You know, you've, you've mm-hmm. got this team, and any guys you bring in this year, they have two years in the league. That's, that's the year you're aiming for to say, okay, this is when we want to be back. This is when we want to be pushing – for AFC championship appearances. We want to be competing for this. Maybe we don't yeah. make it. You don't always make it. Mm-hmm. But we that's where we're that's where we're shooting for. Yeah. Uh so for me to me defensive line is this year offensive line is more a 2024 move. Yeah. All right. So you agree with me? Uh Yeah. yeah. Shannon where where do you where do you if you if you if the Steelers went your route did the things you did, you want them to do. Where do you, how many games would they win this year? Where would you put them? Well, you earlier said <laughs> 12 and four and 13 and three. And so you was forgetting that 17th game, but. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. It's 12 yeah. and five and 13 and four. Yeah. Oh, what weird I actually, oh, I actually can see them because you look at the schedule. It's not the daunting task it was last year. They don't have that stretch this, in the middle of death. Yeah, this this schedule doesn't look like murderers row. So I would say they can win eleven games next year. So you go eleven and six. Yeah, yeah. If they followed your advice. Yes. Okay. Well, see now I want to say twelve and five. <laughs> <laughs> you know twelve what? And four, twelve and four. <laughs> twelve four and one. How about that? Um. <laughs> I'm going to have to, you know what? I think if they followed my plan, uh, I don't want to be too optimistic, but I'm thinking 17 and 0. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, to, yeah. to be real, I, I'm thinking, like, really, <laughs> if you bring in that defensive line, I think the offense is going to improve. Right now, I think this is a 10 win team coming into next season. I think you have to be one win better, even if you just replace and, and keep the defense at the level it was at. The growth you're going to get from Pickens and, and Pickett. You have to think you're winning another game. And I think the schedule is going to hand you another win. I think the schedule being easier yeah, and that growth yeah. gives you two wins, which puts me at 11 and six. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's what you're saying. Like the growth yeah. and improvement here, yeah. we're going there and we're setting up for 2024, where maybe you're a 12 and five, a 13 and four. You're pushing and you're something else. You're, you're, you're actually good. You're actually legit in this. Uh, so yeah, but I, I like if, right. if TJ gets hurt or Hayward gets hurt, the way things yeah. are right now, that's out the window. So yeah, you know, there's where the good fortune that, comes in. That that's why for me, yeah. 
you bring back an Ogan Joby, you draft a young guy that's a yeah. that's a high end player. Because then if Cameron Hayward goes down, you still have two starters. Yeah, yeah. I think, and that's to me, you have to have three starters on the defensive line for your for your two defensive tackles. You need three starters to really be that good team. You need that one of them on a rookie deal. You know, one mid range guy and one a star, and then you swap them. You keep rotating those guys, but you keep those three guys. All right, Shannon. Uh, any other final thoughts on the the topic of today's show? Anything you want to add? Anything last words? No, all I'll say is we pretty much agreed along across the board. And I think that you know, looking at the comments from our, um, you know, everybody kind of agreed with us. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious for Stiller fans. We're seeing the same thing. We're seeing the same needs, and. You know, we might have a different player we want to see here or there, but I think it's pretty universal. And if we all kind of agree, I think the Steelers are thinking along those same lines. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any uh, – that's that's our show. That's our topic. We are way over our time limit here. Uh, so, so let's get out of here. Shannon, uh, anything coming out from you that's exciting? No, like I said, I had the poll article today, and it really, it was over a 1,000 people voted, and that was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm, I'm working on a, a combine article uh, about, you know, what to look for and uh, what really does matter and what, you know, is, you know, just really people get attracted to the wrong things. Yeah. And uh, so, but besides that, you know, that's all I got work, I'm working on right now. Okay, uh, for me, the Vertex today came out today. It was on Robert Spillane. Uh, go check that out. Uh, I gave my thoughts on him. I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, but it's a, it's a more realistic and critical look at him, where mm-hmm. his limitations are and what kind of role uh, the Steelers, if you're going to resign him, what kind of role are you signing him for? Uh, so, so go check that out. Um, other than that, make sure you're checking out, always checking out Behind the Steel Curtain. Uh, dot com for all our articles, all the news, all your Steelers updates and thoughts and opinions and everything. Uh, and make sure you're checking out all the shows here on our new Steel Curtain Network. We're, uh, I think we're technically still part of Behind the Steel Curtain right now, but we're, we're kind of splitting off from SB Nation. If you don't know, Steel Curtain Network's our new name. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're listening to this, you're at the right spot. It's going to stay. Uh, so keep, keep, keep on tuning in. Keep on listening to all the shows. As always, thank you for being here, especially people in our chat, people listening on audio. Thank you so much for giving us your time uh, while we sit here and have fun and talk Steelers. Uh, One more thing, GB. One more thing. I want to go spar with the kangaroo, so I'll be ready. You're ready. Yes. You're ready. I got to prepare to face Chase Claypool. It's going to be a pay-per-view. It's going to be huge. Huge. (laughs) Marky D, set it up. Let's go. (laughs) All right. Uh, Again, thank you for being here. Thank you for putting up with us. Thank you for listening. Uh, Have a great week. And let's go Steelers.